everybody. Welcome to Altis Talks, the podcast where we like to interview. Um, <laughs> where we like to interview um, successful people and anyone um, that come onto our show. Uh, so this is our first episode. Um, we like to um, congratulate Mr. Villegas here because it's an honor having you on our first episode or being our first guest. Um, so everybody, please give him a round of applause. Yeah, thanks guys. I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an honor to have you on our first episode. Um, I'm really excited um, about this. Um, and I, can I just say a few things too? Don't mean to interrupt, but I, I just have to congratulate you guys. You know the amount of work that goes into this. I know our listeners probably can't see the behind the scenes here, but it's a lot of work. And I've been watching you guys prepare for this, so so I just want to compliment you guys on that too. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a really it's really exciting. Um, so for you guys that do not know me and Mr. Vegas, we are actually siblings, and he's my principal here at Altis Academy. So um, could be uncomfortable for many people. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. We make it work. No, we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Going back, you are the principal of Alts Academy. How did you? How did that become? Like, how? What's your background? Um, yeah, like, what was the story in you becoming, like, yeah, like being introduced to Altis and then you know getting to the position that you are right now? Sure. Well, it's it's kind of a long story, so I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Um, but you know, I don't have an education background. My background is in civil engineering and construction management. I studied at IIT, got my degree in uh, construction management, which was a, yeah, you know, a combination of civil engineering and business. And, you know, growing up, I always thought, I always envisioned myself getting into either architecture or engineering. That was kind of my, my goal in life, my vision for myself. And so I, I didn't expect to be where I'm at now. It was kind of one of those things that just played out that way. But I'm, I'm extremely thankful for it. But as far as how I was introduced to Altis, so Gabriel and I have a younger cousin who was part of the first graduating class here at Altis. And um, that's kind of where it all started. I was a senior in high school when I first met uh, Dr. Haybag, John Haybag, who's the president and founder of the school. So this was 10 years ago when I first met him. Uh, and it was through the connection of, you know, our cousin who was part of the first graduating class, Amalia Ardiano. And so, you know, from from the start, you know, it's the moment I stepped into the, which was back then a one-room schoolhouse a few miles um, east from where we're at now, you know, I just fell in love with the space. I fell in love with the students, and I knew I wanted to get involved. So since... Yeah, really, since my senior year in high school, I, I started off by mentoring students, volunteering in different areas, um, whether it was just helping out with, you know, classroom needs that the teacher had, with technology needs that the teacher had, and, you know, moving furniture around, mentoring kids, uh, tutoring kids. And, and so since then, I've, I've been involved, you know, really from the beginning. And so uh, throughout college, while I was studying, I continue to help out with the school they were in the process of um you know moving location so they moved into the building that we're currently in now a few years after 
And so I helped with that, with the setup of the classrooms and, and different areas. Um, and then it really all started when I sat down with, with Dr. Hayback for breakfast one Saturday morning. You know, we sat down um, and we were talking, you know, at the moment, Dr. Hayback was trying to pitch this idea for a junior board of directors, and he wanted to ask me to to kind of initiate that, and so I obviously agreed to it. Um, but, you know, throughout the conversation that morning, uh, one of the things that I asked him was, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're having right now with running the school? You know, it's already been a few years that he was running it. Um, they had, you know, great success with getting kids into, you know, top uh, high schools. And so uh, I asked him, what were some of the challenges that you had? And, and you know, he listed many of them. Um, but he said the, one of the bigger challenges is finding qualified teachers, you know, teachers that were willing to take a pay cut. The public schools could pay uh, significantly more than what he was paying his teachers. And, you know, it's mission-driven teachers, teachers that were not there just for the money, but um, they wanted to be there. They wanted to work with the kids. They had a connection with the families. And so, um, you know, he kept going on, and he kind of painted this grim picture of what it was like to teach at Altus, you know. Yeah. A lot of work, um, low pay, long hours. And um, I don't think he had uh, the intention of, you know, getting me interested in that or anything, but, you know, he just shared all of that. And then after our breakfast, you know, I just, that thought about teaching here just hit me. And I can't explain how or why, but it was just one of those things that um, that stuck to me. And so, you know, I prayed about it for a few hours. I spoke to a few people. Um, and then I eventually called Dr. Hayback later that evening and said, hey, would you consider hiring me as a teacher? So, uh, Which he did on the spot. So he did. He hired me. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got involved first. You know, I started off as a teacher. I taught math and science in the eighth grade uh, for a few years and... Um, you know, I just got so invested with the school. I, I just fell in love working with the families. You know, the mission of the school sells itself. And, um, you know, from there, I just uh, took on different roles. I got, uh, you know, involved with the curriculum development. I got involved with, um, you know, structuring the school, restructuring the school. And so from there, my um, my role changed. I got more of an administrative role over the years. And so uh, to the point where I'm at now. So I've been the principal of the school for the past three years now. Well, that's, that's great. That's a great accomplishment. So um, when you became principal here, were you, th- did you ever, were you ever like nervous or did you ever think that you weren't like, you know, worth, worthy of it? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, that's, I feel the same way today, you know. It's mm-hmm. almost one of those things where, you know, I, I don't feel worthy in the position that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's always a th- something I think about every day. Um, but I just love it, you know. I, I love what I do. I'm extremely committed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a thought that I had and I continue to have. You know, I, I don't feel worthy being in this position that I'm in now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I put everything I can to to my work and and working with the families and running this school. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're doing a great job here at Altus. I, we, we all I hope you. you don't say that just because you're my brother. No, man. no, we, I mean, yeah, everyone loves you. But in order to be, like, a good principal or, like, the best principal that you are, what are, like, the most important qualities that you need to have? Patience, a lot of patience, you know. It, especially working in education, you know, it requires a lot of patience, which 
I think was just one of those traits that I had even before I got into education. Um, you know, we come from a big family. There's 10 of us, seven boys, three girls in my family. And, you know, that requires a lot of patience growing up, you know, um, you know, living with so many people in one household. And um, so I feel like I, I developed those skills early on uh, growing up. And and so that uh, that's the big thing for me, you know, is having a lot of patience because, you know, you plan for days to go a specific way and 99% um, of the time they don't go that way and so you just need to be patient and be able to adapt to the changes so um, so that's one big thing I think is having a lot of patience right. and then a lot of strategic planning you know um, there's a lot of moving parts to running a school especially um, a school like ours where it's you know we're you know we're an independent school um, we're a private school, but, you know, we don't charge tuition here. So um, it, that's a very difficult way to run a school because it requires a lot of um, fundraising. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of different moving parts to, to running Altus and, and just being able to, um, you know, wear different hats. You know, part of my day is working with the students, and then the other part of my day is trying to get donors into the building to uh, support us. So yeah. So, yeah, you know, just being able to to be patient with the process and also to be able to adapt to the changes that come um, every day, which are plenty of those, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned donors. Why do you think, like, why why should donors, like, in, uh, invest in Altus Academy? Or, like, what does Altus Academy, well, like, what sets Altus apart from other schools? Yeah, that's a great question, you know. Um, one thing is, you know, I, I, we, when we get in front of people and we can get donors to come into our school and visit us, it's really hard for them to say no. You know, our students sell themselves, you know, the work that you guys put in in the classroom, uh, how dedicated our teachers are, um, and just the family culture that we have here is kind of unique, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, obviously our success, you know, we've been very successful with, with um getting our students accepted into um, best fit high schools, um, kids getting into the top private schools in the city, um, kids getting into the selective enrollment schools. Um, so we've had a lot of success with that. Yeah. Um, and then we're very, you know, we're very intentional with, you know, the way we use our money, the, the way we use the donations we receive. Um, you know, we want to make sure that all of that is, is put directly to the kids, to the students here. So, um, so I, I like to think we have kind of a unique approach. You know, there's not many schools like us, a private school um, that doesn't charge tuition. Um, and you know, we, we designed the school in a way where we wanted to support families that aspired for a better education for their kids, and maybe their local public schools were not serving them and even if a private school was available in their neighborhood they just couldn't afford it you know so we yeah. wanted to take away that uh, significant barrier that our families had which was the financial barrier so we decided to to run the school as a non-profit as a tuition-free school which is a very difficult way to do that you know it is um so you know fundraising is always a challenge it is every year we think about that and uh, every night i'm thinking about that you know how are we going to raise more money to keep this going yeah. uh, but not just to keep going but how do we expand the school because um you know what we have here is really special and it works 
you know, if, if anything has, um, if, if I learned anything over the years of, of running the school is that um, there is a way to effectively run a school to serve the needs of, of the families that we have. And so um, how do we keep that going and how do we expand from that? How do we um, continue to expand our programs and accept more families? Yeah. Um, and that requires a lot of work. So, Yeah. Um, can you describe the vision that you have here at Altus? Yeah. So, you know, just talking, I, I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, we wanted to create a school where families, like I mentioned before, you know, families that um, aspired for uh, better education for their kids and, and they just couldn't, you know, their needs were not being met at their local public schools and, and if a private school was available in their neighborhood, they just couldn't afford it. So, um, you know, we wanted to provide a rigorous college prep education for the families that we serve, faith-based education. You know, we are a faith-based school and that's critical to, to our mission. Um, and so, you know, we, we wanted to provide a college prep education for our families, uh, um, faith-based college prep education, and most importantly, get our students prepared for, for high school, which is a very um, intimidating process here in the city of Chicago. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, applying and filling out applications and, and applying for scholarships and worrying about the financial uh, barrier that a lot of our families face if they're looking for a private school. So, um, so we just wanted to support our families in that area. Yeah. And how do the teachers here at Altus um, provide for their students, or how do, how are they helping, helping out the students in, um, in like ways where, if they're not getting enough um, education, or like they're not understanding the classes, or let's say the high school, um, high school applications, how do they, you know, help or support their um, their students? I think the key thing there is the interactions with the parents, or our teachers we encourage communication with our parents and so I think uh, part of our success too as a school is um, you know we are, are big believers in over communicating so um, the interactions with the school and the, and the families is very important so our teachers will um, regularly talk to our parents and see what what they need uh, and, and through that, they'll get a lot of information about what the kids need, too, in the classroom that they might not observe themselves when they're working with a student inside the class. Um, so, you know, a lot of communication with the parents. Uh, and then our teachers are always available for the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very intentional with when we hire a teacher that we make it clear to them that um, this is a school where, uh, you know, it requires a lot of work because... Um, you know, if you want a job where you come in at 9 and leave at 5 and not think about work afterwards, this is not the place for you, you know, because right. um, it takes a lot of effort to, to successfully do this. And so our teachers are very mission-driven. You know, they love what they do here, and, yeah. um, and they spend a lot of time with the kids, whether it's during their breaks or even after school. We have teachers working with students and tutoring and, um, you know, mentoring students, you know, working with their families to identify the needs of the families and how we can better serve those families. Yeah. So it's a lot of it is just communication with the families, with the parents. Yeah. What's What would you um, describe the relationship like between the students and the teachers? I don't know. I guess that's a good question for you. You know, how? what do you guys think? What's? I mean, 
like you said, there's a lot of communication there. I think um, as a student here, I can really talk to my teacher and feel comfortable talking to to my teachers. Um, and I I know I will expect um, good advice, and I will expect you know the support and help from them, um, which I'm really glad about. And I think another thing that helps a lot is having small classes, and the teachers they pay attention to you more and they're able to help you out more um which i which i really love i mean in my old public school i wasn't really getting that much attention from my teachers because it was like 30 students per class right so it was um you never were you never would get that one-on-one talk with your teacher right which in here an altus you know you you can get any day yeah which is amazing and that's one thing we tell new families when they're applying here um, you know, part of our process of accepting a family is uh, they interview with us. So, um, you know, I sit down with the family and, you know, we talk about how we run the school and our mission, our vision, and the family resonates with that. Um, we think they could be a good fit for us. But um, one of the things I tell the student is, you know, there's no hiding here. You know, you're, this isn't like the public schools where, you know, you're, there's 30 students in a class. You know, these are very small class sizes. So, um, so there's no hiding you know, teachers know all of the students, all of the students know all of the teachers, and so it kind of builds on to that family community that we have here. Everyone uh, knows each other. And so, you know, teachers working with a smaller class can identify the needs of each student and come up with individual plans to support the students too. So, yeah, so yeah just going back to your point, I mean, I think the small class size is, is key to that success as well. Yeah, yeah. Um what what disciplinary rules do you have here at Altus? How do you handle bad behavior with like the students? Yeah, um, yeah, we, we work with kids, so issues come up with behavior. Um, I, you know, our approach with that it's it depends on the situation and it depends on the student too. So we don't have you know um, a policy that it's a. Um, a policy that we use with everyone you know it's it's it depends on the situation it depends on the students we are very intentional on um on understanding you know um a lot of the our approach with with behavior is um getting parents involved mm-hmm. you know if, if there's an issue with a student um, we make sure we communicate that with parents and the parents are aware of what the issues are and they're part of the process of addressing that specific behavior yeah so you know i spend a lot of time you know talking to our families keeping them updated on how their students are doing at school and a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, that time is talking about academics but also behavior and and so um, we don't shy away of letting parents know um, if there's any behavior concerns we'll address it with them right away and then, you know, with the student, we talk things through, you know. If, if two students are having an issue with each other, um, I like to sit both of those students down and we talk things through. Yeah. You know, we teach uh, students here that you don't have to react to things, you know. Uh, you don't have to be defensive. You know, the adults here um, care about you. Um, I care about you. And uh, we're not going to let anything happen to you. So yeah. you don't have to be defensive. You don't have to feel like you need to defend yourself. And so um, whenever issues do come up, uh, you know, I like to remind students about that. You know, we're, the adults here are here to help you, are yeah. here to uh, support you. And so 
uh, once you communicate that to a student, they feel relaxed. You know, they feel like they're cared for. They feel like they're respected by their teachers and the administration at the school. So that kind of helps with behavior overall. But, you know, when issues do come up, uh, yeah, we talk things through. You know, I, I sit the students down together and, and we try to figure out a solution. Right. So, um, like I said, you know, we don't have a policy where it's a um, one shoe fits all, you know, it's, it's, um, we, we do, it depends on the situation, it depends on the student and we keep parents informed and keep parents involved as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how do you like deal with angry parents? Deal with angry parents. Yeah. Uh, patience, like I said earlier, you know, that's one thing that I, that I have to, uh, remind myself is just being patient. Yeah. I think it also helps, uh, having kids of my own. Because whenever I approach a parent about an issue in school, um, you know, I, I like to put myself in their position. You know, if this was my son, you know, uh, that we're talking about, you know, how would I like to have that conversation, you know? So I, I, anytime I enter a meeting with a parent, I always like to put myself in their position, too. So I think it helps me, um, you know, approach it in the way that, that, that it should happen, so... Um, but yeah, patience, a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah that's really important. Um, it, you know, just adding on to that too, you know, the the school isn't designed for me. You know, it's not designed for the parents it's, or for the teachers. It's designed specifically for the families and the parents. So, um, so, you know, we're not here to serve our own needs. We're here to serve the needs of our families and our parents. So we're very uh, intentional with that too. So, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch it off to Alex. He wants to ask you a couple questions. All right, yeah. Um, just to start it off, like, what originally brought you to Altus? Like, how did you, you um, first introduce yourself to Dr. Hayback? And you know, that's a good question. I can't remember my first interaction with, with Dr. Hayback. Um you know, like I mentioned earlier, this was back in my senior year in high school. Um, I was helping out with a few things at the school. I can't remember the specific interaction I had with him, but I do remember, you know, the first few times I met with him, just, um, you know, Dr. Haybeck, as you guys know, is a very uh, impressive person overall, you know, and I, anytime I'm, I'm with him, I just love being able to hear his thoughts and get his advice on things and so I'm sure my one of my first interactions with him was just getting advice on on um, on school you know I was at the time applying to college and um, making decisions on what school I would go to so I do remember having some of those conversations with him at the time um, so yeah that's probably one of the first yeah. interactions I had with him um like aside from that like what about Altus like makes you success- successful? Is it like the teachers? Like, are they strict? Are they like extra soft on the students, which makes them want to do better in class? Yeah, I, I I do agree with you. The teachers are um, the key to our success, um, and I think the what makes our teachers so unique is that uh, they care. You know, they care about the kids, and I know. Um, you know, that, that sounds like an obvious answer, but, 
you know, our teachers really do care about our kids and, and they're willing to, like I said, work extra hours to make sure their lessons are prepared for the next day. Uh, yeah. They work extra hours to make sure that the kids in their class are getting what they need. So um, I think that's the key to, to our success is that we have teachers that care. You know, um, it's not a requirement for our teachers to have a certification in teaching or an education to work here. Um, you know, our requirement is just a, a teacher that has a bachelor's degree at least. And so we have some teachers here that do not have a background in education, and, and that's okay. You know, we've, uh, we've hired teachers with um, masters and all types of certifications in education that just weren't a good fit here. And, um, and then we have the complete opposite. You know, we've had teachers that um, don't have any background in education, but they get what we're about. They get our mission, they understand our mission, and they care about our students, and they're great teachers. So, um, so yeah, I think part of our success, the key to our success is, is having teachers that care. Um, yeah. So how do you think, um, going back to 2020, how do you think COVID-19 impacted the education of students? Yeah, I could spend a lot of time talking about the negative impacts that um, COVID had in education. Um, you know, the one obvious one is the school closures, you know, kids not being in school. And I think we're still seeing those effects now, you know, kids that are just not showing up, kids that are not taking. I think what happened with the pandemic was um, parents just lost faith in the, in the education system. You know, I, I think it was a huge disservice for families, especially the communities that we serve here um, when schools decided to close. And so um, we were, you know, we obviously remained open as soon as we could. Um, we made that decision to stay open just because we understood the importance of having kids here in person. You know, there's no substitute for in-person learning. You know, I think a lot of uh, tools were created uh, from the pandemic, uh, online learning and, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, resources that students were exposed to that are great. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, uh, there's no substitute for in-person learning. And so that, you know, we were very intentional of making sure that we, we stayed open. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to take the path of being a principal? Um, yeah, I think, you know, practicing those skills early on, um, of, you know, being able to adapt to changes, um, understanding that, you know, running a school takes a lot of patience, it takes a lot of work. Um, I spend a lot of my weekends working on things and, um, communicating with parents, communicating with teachers, um, so, you know, I, I think my advice for, for someone um, considering becoming a principal is, is uh, really understanding what you're getting into and making sure that this is something that you're willing to do, you know, because, uh, you know, to do it right, I think it takes a lot of patience, a lot of work, you know, it's not an easy thing. Um, and you have to be committed. You have to be committed to the school that you're working for. Um, you know, I, I think that's the key thing for a principal, for a leader of any school or a leader of any organization, whether it's in education or in technology. You know, you have to believe in your company. You have to believe in your school. And, 
and um, you know I think it uh, you know that comes naturally for a lot of people but um, but I think that's one advice that I would give someone yeah yeah also um, being a father of two how can you balance your job life and life at home <laughs> yeah uh, that's a good question I hope you have an answer for me because that's a that's a tricky that's a tricky thing, you know. Um, balancing my family life and balancing the the needs that um, that are here with the school, uh, it is. It's it's a challenge every day. It's something that I work on every day. Um, I'm very thankful for my wife because she's extremely supportive of what I do. Um, she's extremely supportive of of um, you know what I'm trying to accomplish here with the school. Um, and she does not shy away of letting me know when um, that I need to, hey, put things away and focus on the family right now. So um, she's a big uh, factor in that and um, balancing my work and um, home life. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of work. It does because, you know, like I said, there's there's always something to do, whether it's here when I'm at school or when I'm at home. Um, but uh but understanding, you know, I try my best to just, when I get home, just focusing and being present with my family, being present with my kids, with my wife. So um, so it is, it's a challenge every day, but, you know, I keep doing it and, and I uh, just try to keep improving in that area, you know. Yeah. And um, do you sometimes struggle with making time for your family? Um, no, I, I, I mean... Maybe that's a question for my wife, right? You know what she thinks, but um, I, I will say, you know, the I owe a lot of this to our teachers and to uh, Dr. Hayback. You know, we have such a great uh, staff. We have such great teachers that step in for each other. Um, Dr. Hayback is great. You know, whenever something does come up with the family and I need to step away from the school. Um, he's, you, you know, he's very accommodating to that, and, and just having teachers that um, are willing to step up and support each other, and at times even support me, I think that helps a lot too. So, um, I think just working in the school and working with the teachers that we have, um, it helps a lot. So, I think whenever I there is an emergency with my family, I think uh, I feel confident enough knowing that we have such great teachers that I can step away for a bit and, and know that things are running smoothly here. Yeah, and um, to end it off, what about Altus do you love the most? You guys. I love working with you guys. I do. And uh, when I was asked to come in and, and talk a little bit with you guys, I, I, uh, I love that, you know, I love that, that interactions with the students. That's the one thing I do appreciate the most the one thing i do love the most is uh interactions with with the students so anytime i you know an opportunity comes where i can work with kids um i i take advantage of that so you know um although it's you know it, it takes time away from my other responsibilities but you know if a teacher is gone and and they need help with supervision in the classroom you know i enjoy those things i enjoy stepping in and working with the kids um, outside of my role as principal and, and running the school, I also teach a class here, and, and, and I enjoy doing that. I enjoy working with you guys. So, so yes, you are the the number one thing for me. So, yeah, Thank you so much, Mr. Villegas. Uh, we're going to wrap it off with that. Um, again, everybody, can you please give Mr. Villegas a round of applause?
Thank you so much for being on our podcast. This is our first episode. Um, for those of you who are listening, please share this with anyone you know, friends, family. Um, we really want to make this podcast blow up. And um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, this yeah. is exciting stuff, guys. Best of luck to you.